Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are uh, you? I can't. I can't. Are you, yeah. Yeah, I are was going to try to like make a joke or that. I just can't. You trying out some new material, are you? Uh, I, it's just, I, I can't talk like that for the, I was going to do that for the entire episode. Oh, you know, I was going to make, you know, any points I make. Thank I God gonna... you, yeah, you cut that short. Because, yeah, yeah. I, I could do it like if I was uh, a uh, Russian. What if I did a Russian accent for the would entire episode? Would it come episode? across Italian, though? It'd be like, hey, comrade, how are you doing? <laughs> I want to drink a some vodka. That's almost like a vampire, like I'm Transylvanian. Right. It's just. It's, I want to drink your vodka. You you would be like a, if you were an actor. Yeah. You would only have, you would not have a great diversity within your typecast. portfolio. You would be typecast. <laughs> because you got one speed. Well, hey, man, it's, you know what you're getting with me. Right, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's what I this like is, about uh, you, John. You know, it's both a, a curse and a charm. I appreciate that I, about I you. I suck at lying. I suck at pretending to be something I'm not. Right. I just, you know. And you own it. I, I, you be you, It is brother. what it is, right? Right. <laughs> you be you. So... Here we are for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting with John and Ray. Ray, I want to share with you these cufflinks that I have ordered from Wish. Are you familiar with Wish? I am. Well, I mean, we, hell, I was going to make the joke that it takes eight weeks to get a set of cufflinks, but I mean, you only pay $4. Right. And I literally have seen the same cufflinks in the Atlanta airport in like the vending machine. Right. (laughs) It's weird that you can buy cufflinks out of a vending machine for one. But it's an airport, so right. all rules are off. But they were literally like $38 oh. for, for a pair of cufflinks. And I'm like, hell, I bought those from Wish for $4. For $4. You had to wait uh, half a year. Eight weeks. I was going to say. That's Eight weeks the is gem- actually pretty quick for a Wish. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm used to Amazon. <laughs> I mean, the proverbial slow boat from China. Yeah. They are literally. That's a great Jimmy Buffett song, by the way. Slow boat. boat to China. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd well, love to get you on a slow boat to China. Uh, and that's the only words I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Far so, from something alone. Slow boat to China. <laughs> so. It actually is kind of creepy now that I remember the words. It's like, because I'd like to get you all alone on a slow boat to China. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if something goes wrong there, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's. This is why I don't go on cruises, Ray. <laughs> like, everybody thought I was crazy. Like, how do, you, how do you not love a cruise? A cruise is amazing. You'll love it. You travel the seas. And I'm like, what if, what if, like, on day three of a 10 day cruise, I'm like, oh, I don't like this so much. I, I, I want to go home. Well, they stop at ports. Well, that's what you'd think. Until COVID. And now they're stuck at sea for two months. And then uh, nobody will let them dock. Well, you know, that's one this, out of the hundreds that are this is sailing my, the seas. Forever my excuse when anybody says, come on, go on a cruise. You'll love it. I say, uh, what if the next COVID hits? Well, I got something for you. How about their day cruises? 
or a little short, you know, over to the Bahamas, you those I, are I was in South Carolina for work once and uh they had like I I wanted to gamble. And they had a like in Evansville, Indiana and at several other places, they have to put the casino on a boat cuz right. it has to technically be on the river. Right. So at this particular location, the local regulations were the you couldn't gamble till the boat was undocked. Right. So they would do like little four-hour cruises. They'd go out to the ocean, you know, whatever, five miles, ten Cruise miles, around, whatever. turn around, come back. Well, so, so I get on this boat, and uh, I don't, man, I had tremendous jet lag. Like I hadn't been home, and I think for two weeks because we had a meeting that weekend, and so you know how that goes. I do. You you get to the. You travel for a week, and then you go have the meeting over the weekend, and then you got to travel the next week. Right, so you're two weeks. Yeah, it's like the end of that. And I get on the boat, and I buy my ticket, and I'm kind of excited. I can finally get some craps in, do a little slots. And uh, the boat starts pulling away, and I'm like, man, I'm kind of tired. I'd rather go to the hotel and take a nap. So I go to, like, the the people working there right as we're pulling away. Like, we're six inches away from the dock. And I'm like, hey, what are the chances of me getting off this boat right now? <laughs> and they go, not very good. It's not going to happen. I'm like, what if I just jumped? I mean, we're not that far. They're like, well, you'd probably be arrested. Right. <laughs> I don't know what the what, what the offense would what be. What the crime, yeah. Yeah, but apparently jumping from a gambling boat into right. the river. I think it's just, yeah, jumping from a, a vessel that yeah. carries passengers after it's left the port. Yeah. I mean, the port, those anyway, laws are pretty serious. Let's, they, let's say I, I ordered a couple of uh, adult cocktails, and, and not that there are juvenile cocktails. <laughs> I don't know why that's a little redundant, but, yeah, I ordered a couple of cocktails. I put a couple of $100 bills in the slot machine, and, hey. I'm what, done. Once I won five grand, it was yeah, all I, it was I'm ready all to go good. home. No, I mean, it was but all it, good with it, me then. Oh, okay. Like, hey, I'm up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm up fifteen hundred dollars. Hey, this ain't so bad. Yeah, I can do four hours of this. Yeah, but still, yeah, I, I can't imagine me committing to a week long cruise and where the, I'm not the captain of the boat. I'm the captain now. Uh, but so, but cruise ships. Yeah. I mean, they're big enough for they're gone for a week. Yeah, I mean, they're massive. They're floating cities. They've got multiple restaurants and multiple bars and different gambling locations and shows and, uh, you know, multiple pools. I mean, these things are huge. What happened? What would happen if, like... Like, you could make a jerk out of yourself in front of one group of people and never see them again for the whole rest of the trip if you really didn't want to. Because that's my concern. Right? (laughs) I knew it was. That's why I wanted to reference that. Absolutely. He, I just saw some post on Facebook the other day, and this kind of brought up a, another concern of mine that I hadn't even thought of. Okay. What if, like, the person one cabin over or two cabins down, like, you meet them at the bar, or, you know, you come out of your room at the same time, and so you're kind of walking together, and you strike up a conversation, and it goes well. And these people are really excited to meet you. And and they're like, hey, we got cruise buddies now. Right. And well, then you can't shake them 
for the rest of the cruise. Like, what? where are y'all going to eat tonight? We want to come. Let's all get together. And I mean, and you don't want to be rude. Uh, I think you can, you know, I'm just going to stay in tonight. You all go ahead. <laughs> but then they see you. At the- I changed my mind. Hey, good to see you guys. I think people will take the hint. There are enough other people who are interested in having a cruise buddy. They're not going to track you down. But I, once again, I'm not a good liar, right? I would be like, look, uh, you know, y'all seem like nice people, but I'm just, you know. I kind of came on this thing to get away from people. Uh, no offense. I don't know you. I don't want to hang out with you for the next seven days. Right. And then it would just be awkward from then. See, I, it's, it's Again, I think too much pressure, Ray. You're thinking of like, you know, small, close quarters. If you Maybe. are on a week-long cruise, yeah. you, you, have you ever been on one of those boats? That, it, that in itself kind of freaks me out, too. What? D- that it's, uh, that's what, because other people have told me that. Oh, it's huge. You don't even realize you're on a boat. Right. But I've seen the YouTube videos, man, of the the ballroom dance floor with the table sliding from one edge, sliding to the other edge. That was a movie. What do you think? It's like little, the side adventure where the whole thing flips upside down? No, just staring. where the sea is so rough that you're rocking from side to side. That's pretty rare. They've got stabilizers hey, on those things. I mean, I mean, being struck by lightning is pretty rare, but nobody wants that. Right. <laughs> Well, with all the flying you've done, I know you, like myself, had, you know, unlimited number of air miles from yeah. all of your destinations. Well, there are those people who go, well, what about the one that crashes? Yeah, but it's one out of how oh, many thousands, It's the safest right? way. I'm a data guy, Ray. It's safer than car travel. Right. So, same thing, I think, with the cruise lines. If you did the numbers... The Maybe. ones that actually get, you know, tossed about. Here's the thing about flying. if I, And I have uh, been on a plane and had a panic attack and thought, oh my gosh, I got to get off this plane. And you know what I did? Drink. I endured it for three hours because any flight I take is three hours or less. <laughs> but a seven-day cruise? How are you going to endure that? Yeah, but the the... The rough seas mm-hmm. would be for a limited time. Okay. Right? I mean, storm blows through and you, seas come back down. You're making some great points. I appreciate that. And uh, you're making a great case as to why my fears are unfounded. And you're still not. However, buying. I'm still not getting <laughs> on a boat. Well, you know what I would recommend? Yeah. Don't take a cruise. I'm not going to. Right. Yeah. You have the option. It's like... Like my dad used to say, he had a buddy who went to the doctor, and he said, Hey, Doc, every time I move my arm like this, it hurts. And the doctor said, Don't move your arm like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is he really that important? I I say that to my kids all the time. Well, when I do this, it feels like, well, don't do that. (laughs) All the time. Don't do that. Why would you do that? If that hurts, yeah, then that's probably a good idea. Don't, don't. Well, Ray, tell me one thing. I just have one question for All you, right. and then we can move forward. Great. What's our topic today? We're talking about uh, unique selling propositions. I love it. I, yeah. I really like this topic. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've talked about doing a podcast on this topic. We and even started one. Yeah, and now we're going to finish one. Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, that remains to be seen. Kind of like you on that boat. (laughs) 
you boarded. Fair enough. But yeah. it's six inches from the dock, and I could make that jump. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So, yes, I think every industry, every business, unique selling proposition is something that they need to be aware of and and pushing in their marketing or just their regular sales routine. You know, Ray, it just dawned on me. I never did get the culmination of my cufflink story. Oh, there was an end. And that was that it used to take eight weeks, and we make fun of that. Right. No telling how long it would take or if we're even allowed to get cufflinks from China anymore. Well, I mean, Wish is still out there. I, mean, I, don't, I haven't ordered anything from Wish since <laughs> January, but... So you base on the... The availability of things on your own personal experience. <laughs> what else am I supposed to? I haven't gone out and Googled, can you still get things from Wish? Well, I mean, that might not be a bad way to start. <laughs> or the fact that, that Wish really... is still a thing would indicate that somehow they're still importing. How would you know? You wouldn't know till two months later. <laughs> Well, they took like, your you money. Know you know what? Come to think of it, I ordered cufflinks seven months ago. They still haven't arrived. <laughs> Let me check the tracking number on that. Right. Oh, it's, uh, it's sitting out there beside a cruise ship. Yeah. They, have you they, were, they have haven't ever, let them dock for six months. Have you tracked as it's coming from Wish? So yeah. I, there was like a online... I think these came from, went through Wuhan Shipping Center. Right, right I know. It was an online, like it was... Uh, you know, where you could bid on things, right? And people yeah. would bid and things like cufflinks or tools or different clothes and stuff like that. I'm trying to think what, uh, Top Hat, I think was the name it. of it. Same type of thing though. And then you could track as it's coming and you would see it's sitting in customs in, you know, uh, Beijing. And then three days later it would say cleared customs in Beijing. Yeah. Still in Beijing. And then it would, you know, like a week later, uh, in customs in New York. And yeah. then maybe four days later, clear customs in New so York. So you're describing and, a, tracking a shipment from China. Is, right. You but didn't want to go on to Boston, to no, Knoxville, to Chattanooga. The fact that you would see it's in, uh, you know, in ready to go through customs. Yeah. And then you'd wait it another, customs. and it would stay in that state yeah. for like a week. Yeah. Right? You're thinking, oh, it's in customs and it's getting ready to go out. Nope, still there. Nope, still there. Week later, oh, oh, it cleared. Next day, it's just still it cleared. It's still there. It's three days later, oh, it's clear customs, but it's still in Beijing. I'm not following. I'm saying that, you know, that 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 following of that of that item. Yeah. Just because what's it's, the uniqueness? What's the unique selling proposition of this story? Just because it's reached another status in the place where it is, doesn't mean it's done anything more. I, I like that though. I like seeing that. I mean, I, I the technology amazes me. That it's like okay, you can see, you know, it arrived. All right, now they've put it on a truck. Now it's leaving. You know, I, that's you couldn't get that. Hundred years ago, and, and you think that's them tracking 
one little pair of cufflinks. A pair of cufflinks, bro. In the hundreds of thousands of things that are moving through that It, it blows facility. my mind. Yeah. It's so cool. And then we come down to a car dealership, and it's like, what happened with that internet lead? Oh, I don't know. I think Johnny was taking care right. of it. I don't know. <laughs> Let's check the CRM. Well, let's see. I can see where the lead came in. Yeah. And then it uh, looks like three days later he called him. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's been four days and no activity. Right. So He left three messages. <laughs> yeah. No answer. No answer. My, my favorite of the CRM is, is the shorthand. I mean, I put N-A, 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 L-M, L-M, L-M. What would you put N-A for? No answer. Oh, okay. No answer, no answer, left message, left message, no answer. How would you have an NA and an LM on the same lead? Yeah. Because if there was the capability to fake. If there was a capability to leave an LM, why would they all say LM? That's my point. When you go looking through the notes and you're like NA 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 LM LM NA Right. Okay, let me pick up the phone. You've told this story. I love it. Well, let me call him. Yeah. Hey, he answered. Right. What do you know? Yeah, every time. Second ring. Hello. Yeah. And I would quickly hold the phone away and cover the receiver and be like, oh my gosh, he answered. Can you believe he answered? I mean, on the second ring. Hello, sir? Mr. Jones? Well, thank you for answering, Mr. Jones. This is Ray West. So we're discussing unique selling proposition, right? Right, which has little to do with uh, wish, but in a way, it's relevant. Okay, we'll find a way to tie it in. If I were a better co-host or anchor, I would have circled back around and said, that's exactly why I told this story, Ray. Because, you know, the cufflinks, it all comes back to the customer experience and the unique selling proposition. Right, well, their unique selling proposition is you can get $28 cufflinks for 4 bucks. Amen, $38. Okay, whatever. So, yeah, so that's a unique selling proposition. If you don't need them anytime soon, right? if this is just something you're adding to your wardrobe that when it gets there, you're going to be good with it. I love that because that's, it goes back to our my favorite phrase in the car business that oh. people just don't get is great availability. Yeah. Right? I mean, you call me about a 2009 Colorado I have sitting out on the lot. Hey, man, I, I, I appreciate that you're looking for that Colorado. I want to go check and make sure that it's still here. I don't want you coming down for no reason. Yeah. I don't want to start talking about numbers on a vehicle that we may not even have. Let me check its status. Take me five or ten minutes. What's the best number to reach you at? Sure. All right. Now I got a phone number. Now I got a name. Right. When I come back from the hold. And, and, and I would I'm, say ten or fifteen minutes, but go. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, right. and the reason you would say that, and I totally agree with that, I kind of messed up, is because if it's only three or four minutes, they're going to say, just put me on hold. Yeah. Oh, I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, five minutes? Yeah, yeah. I'll wait. Go ahead. But if it's 15, right. uh, I don't wait. really want to sit on hold no. for 15 minutes. No. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, I imply I'm going to call you back, give me your name, your number, whatever. All right. You know what? I could probably get that information right now. Can you just hold on a second? Right. Well, I come back from hold. Mr. Customer, I have great availability of vehicles like we've discussed, right. which yeah, you know, and, I left that part you out. You kind of miss that part, right? Where you go, hey, so you're looking for the 2009 Colorado. So is it just that one? Or if I can find something similar, save you some money, right, with the right miles, would that interest you? Oh, yeah, that interests me. 
And then well, then what, tell John? me more about what you're looking for. Does right. it have to be used? Would you consider new if it was a right. great deal and could save you some money? You know, what if it was the same payment on a new one as it was on an 09 Colorado, which could very well be. Absolutely. Because an 09 Colorado isn't going to get a very good rate. No, nor is it going to get longer term. Amen. Yeah. Amen. They're not doing 84 They're months doing 36 on months at yeah. 9% on that, where you get a 1.9 at 84 on a new one. Yeah. So, at any rate, the, the reason that that is all relevant is because it's a unique selling proposition, right? You brought that full circle. Look at you. I'm, I'm trying harder. Well done. I was going to say I'm getting better, but the truth is I'm just trying more. <laughs> You're actually putting some energy into this. I appreciate that, John. That's fantastic. Isn't so, that true about all things in life? It's oh, not really that, uh, you know, you, you got more education. I mean, some things, you know, you got you a little bit more time, wisdom. But... Yeah, you got a little smarter. But really, it comes down to how much effort did you put into it? Absolutely. Well, I think another unique selling proposition in that same interaction that you were referencing is just uh, simply saying, hey, did you call about the big sale? Amen. The Amen. big sale is a unique selling proposition. Oh, you're having a big sale, are you? Right? Oh, yeah, it's truck month. Or, oh, yeah, it's our inventory reduction sale. Or something that is unique to, hey, you piqued my interest. You must have driven by and seen the balloons. Right. right? <laughs> well, so, you know, another, I mean, we're talking, it's funny, we're talking about great availability and a, a sales call and all this. But, you know, another unique selling proposition in that script or in that engagement is the interest in finding you the great deal. Right. You know, it's not just answering the phone and saying, oh, the 09 Colorado, yeah, it was sold yesterday. Right. It, do you see anything else you want? Right. No, the 09 Colorado, yeah, it's out here. You want to come see it? Right. There's nothing I can promote about that as serving the customer. Right. I have not become your consultant, your assistant to help you in finding the right vehicle for you. I am simply fielding the call and yes, no, (laughs) yep, we got it. What else? Right. right. You're not offering anything of value. You're just, I mean, the value you're offering is, do you have a question? Because I'll answer it. Right. Right, Yeah. Rather than really diving in. (laughs) Like I've said before, brother, that ain't selling. No. It's order taking. Selling begins when the customer says no. Yeah. That's when you become a salesman. Yeah. So in discussing unique selling proposition, right? I mean, right from the beginning, everything about our engagement with every customer is promoting that. What makes it different here? What are we going to do to help provide you more value, more value, more value? I love how you said what makes us different. Instead of what most people hear is, how are we better? Right. Well, a difference can be better. Right. That's, I don't know where I heard this philosophy, but it, it was, you don't have to be better than your competition. You just have to be different and then accentuate those differences. Yeah. Amazon ships you things faster than Wish does. Oh, yeah. Now, is that better? Well, I don't know. Hell, it could cost 10 times as much. Sure. Uh, if I'm on a budget, maybe I'm willing to wait eight weeks to get my cufflinks for $4 instead of paying 40 to get them out of a vending machine right now. Right. Now, yeah, they're different. Who's to say which one is better? Right. 
But you present all unique selling propositions in a, this is a way we're going to provide you more value. I absolutely agree. And I I think that's why it's important to listen as much as you pitch. You know, you might hear a guy saying, hell, I don't care what it costs. I'd love some cufflinks tomorrow. Right. Okay, sir. We can accommodate that request. Right. The very next phone call might be, I kind of need some cufflinks for a wedding in six months. But, you know, I'm just, I'm on a budget and I want to get the best deal possible. Sir, we can accommodate that request. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I always go back to the old example. I I, I actually, this is one of my own that that happened to me. I didn't steal this from anybody, right? Wow. A customer comes in and says, I'd like a brand new Mustang, but man, I really like those Camaro wheels. Like, is there any way I could get, like, the Camaro wheels, put, like, a Ford center cap on them, and, and put them on a Mustang? I say, sir, I'd be happy to do that for you, you know? <laughs> would, would you like me to paint it... Uh, Camaro yellow. Mary Kay pink. Okay. <laughs> right? I could do that, too. No problem. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. And we sit down and we work a deal. All right, sir, and the Camaro wheels are, you know, an extra... $12,000. Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can get you the Mustang wheels. Right. And then, or you could get some aftermarket wheels that are two grand. Absolutely. Either way you want to go. But if you, you know, you said you want this, and I'd be happy to provide that for you. Well, I, I remember the scenario with, with the customer you had, and the guy right at delivery was, you know, this one doesn't have a backup camera. Oh. <laughs> And he yeah. never mentioned backup camera throughout the entire engagement, right? And your response wasn't like, oh, God. What you, am I going to do? tell me you wanted back. You, Hey, no problem. We can get you. Is that important to you? Because we can get you a backup camera. Come on, let's go over to the parts department, and we'll find out what a backup camera is going to cost you. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't know that I need one. Well, you let me know, right? You want a backup camera? I want you to have whatever you want. Let's go get you a backup camera. Well, you know what? I mean, I just thought it was going to come with one. You know what? I would have thought it was going to come with one, too. But, I mean, he had driven the thing, right? He, he knew what he was buying. We and, had backed up in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At some point. so Because I had him back up into the sold spot yeah. when we got back from the test drive, right? <laughs> and he knew hey, it was using like the, the car, rear view and the sides. Yeah. He wasn't looking at his if, screen. If you like the car, back it up over here yeah. in the sold spot. Yeah. And, I mean, that guy decided. I, mean, I think his literal words were, no, maybe I'll call you in a couple of days. Right. You know, see, see if I really need it. Yeah. Well, he didn't call back. Right. I mean, yeah. And when I called him to follow up, doing my owner follow up, it wasn't a big deal. No, he couldn't be more happy. But, so, yeah, we, we go out of our way to... It's the always say yes, right? Absolutely. Whatever you want. Absolutely, I want to provide that for you. Yes, thank and, you. That's what I was trying to say. And that in and of itself can be a unique selling proposition. What's that? Just being the dealer or being the salesperson who goes, absolutely. Not a, oh, you can't do that. Amen. Camaro wheels? I mean, do you even hear what you're saying, you moron? Right? Sure, we could do it. Do you think that actually happened? Did I sell it enough? 
do I think what? That I had Camaro? a Mustang customer that wanted Camaro. Yeah, no. I, I was totally bought in. You didn't? See, I'm a terrible liar. I can't just let that slide. That okay. didn't actually happen. But it had it happened, had, had it you're, have you're happened. You're not a terrible liar. I, I mean, would it, have. You sold it pretty well. You just couldn't, you couldn't live with the leaving that lie out there. I can't, man. It's just who I am, Ray. All right. Hey, I appreciate that about you. Did you believe me when I said that? <laughs> I totally did, Racy. You're an awesome liar. Thank you very much. Cheers. So you want to drill down a little bit on unique selling proposition? I, I, I feel like you've, you've started the ball down that. You don't have to be better. You just have to be different. Yeah, right? I think that's, you know, my training style and, and the way I approach this idea is not let me get, I mean... Look, in some instances, it's good to give people, here's your line to use. Here's your good line to use. Right. But in this idea, and what my preferred method of training is, is let's talk about the, the underlying motive and the underlying work that you need to do right. as a salesperson or as a sales manager or whatever, and then you can come up with your own. Yes. I, don't, I don't need to give you one-liners. No. Right. Well, and, and they are unique to the dealership, the individual, the brand, right? All I need to do is be well-versed on what is our reason for doing these things, right? Everything you do in your dealership or in your business, you have a reason for doing it. And it's usually something that is advantageous to those who are buying from you. It's... Yeah, someone somewhere along the way made the decision that if we approach our business and offer this to our customers, it's going to gain us more market share. Right. So somebody thought it was a good idea that you, like one dealer, I, the very first dealer I worked for, offered tires for life. All over their television ads, all over the radio ads, we had a big banner out front, tires for life. Well, you you know, the underlying thing is you have to do all your service there, right. all your maintenance has to be done there. But there were sure enough customers literally bought their car there nine years ago, come in and say, hey, I'm ready for my tires. Well, yeah, and there's also those bean counters, those people in the back office who are doing the calculation going, well, the average person is only keeping their car every three years. So it's going to be one out of 100 that actually has their, you know, 80,000-mile tires. Now, yeah. Right, that is going to keep that same car for, you know, let's say they get one set of tires for us. They, they go to 160,000 miles. Well, how many people keep their car yeah. for 160,000? Well, it's yeah, very no. few. Therefore, as long as we know we've accumulated enough in having this repeat Yeah, customer. which is every day. I mean, Amazon Prime, you get free shipping. It ain't really free. Right. You're you pay paying for it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. to be an Amazon Prime member, you have to pay your annual fee. Right, right. Well, but in each dealership, I mean, let's think of some examples here. I've heard lifetime warranty. I've heard tires for life. Right. I've hey, heard maybe selling, uh, you know, multiple oil change packages. Right. So you pay for four at a time and you get them for a greatly reduced price well now you're in the habit of coming back to this dealership right, for right. your regular maintenance because you've already paid for it yeah right you you financed it in your deal well and, and we're talking about you know long-term kind of permanent ads so to speak but what about you know, remember that cash for clunkers deal yeah yeah well i ran across a dealer just like two years ago that put a dumpster 
had a dumpster delivery truck put a dumpster right out in front of their showroom where you'd think all the nice new cars would be. No, they had a dumpster out there with a used turd nose down and it sticking out. It was like, we'll trade for anything. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> this was like a 96 Tempo. Right. With just, like you could see the back half of it sticking out of the dumpster. Right. It was a $300 car, so it was worth the value of sticking that thing in a dumpster as an advertising ploy. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's funny. You know, I mean, I've had some issues with my boat. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, you know, do I want to pay to get this thing repaired? Or, you know, I mean, some ongoing issues. Is it time to trade? What? And I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll trade it in on a vehicle because I need a new truck. And, you know, because I wouldn't want to sell it to somebody in its current condition. And, you know, if I tell them what the problems are, well, I don't know what the cost is going to be. So that's going to greatly reduce the amount that I can get for the the boat. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just trade it in. Well, you know, know, they say a boat is a hole in the water that you throw money into. Right, right. Well, two happiest day in a boat owner's life. (laughs) day you buy it and the day you sell it well unfortunately you haven't even had yours in the water to throw money in it's been a hole in your yard you <laughs> it, throw money no in. it's it's been in the water it has been in the water i so, can attest yeah you, you were on it <laughs> i was I so was. uh matter of fact yeah. i think the day that we went out to Check out your boat. I brought my boat. Right. And you said, well, you all leave your boat at the dock and just ride with me? And I said, no, I'll just follow you. <laughs> but, you know, we took our three-hour tour. The boat ran. Yeah, and we made it back. You made it back. I and, and the funny thing about that story is my boat started taking on water. Right. <laughs> I don't know if a plug had fallen out or the, the marina forgot to put the plug in when they put it in the water. But yeah, I had to go. Right, I, I was, yeah. you're like, as long yeah. as I was moving, I it was wasn't okay. taking on water too badly. Yeah. Right? You're like, I cannot sit because my boat may sink. <laughs> yes, I do remember that well. Touche. So we started saying, what were some of the specific selling unique selling propositions? Right. Uh, do you you have a few beyond the uh, you know the dealership ones, which are the yeah. lifetime warranty or tires for life? Um, I know a dealership that was doing, um, if you bought a, um, an alignment, yeah. you got free alignment for life for as long as you own the vehicle. If you paid for one alignment, paid for one alignment you always got an alignment. They would continue to do alignments, yes. Yeah, man, I mean, I don't know the math behind that. No. I mean, I, that sounds They scary. didn't do it for very long. Uh, people coming back uh, every, every week uh, or two. Right. Man, these potholes are crazy. I literally, I was in a dealership one time, and we were talking about this. You know, why are service advisors not offering uh, alignments, right. you know, with every vehicle? And the service advisor was like, oh, I don't know, you know, do you want me to do it on every write-up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the dealer said, you you realize this town, right, our road department sucks. Like, you couldn't drive a mile on any of these city streets without needing an alignment. Right. So every car you're going to see is going to need an alignment. But hey, right? You what a great thing! You could sell the value of getting an alignment, yeah. although you every know, week or two, an hour later after they pull out of your dealership, they're going to need it again. But yeah, and maybe we could hand out some 
voting cards as well, right? Hey, if you, if you hate if you hate getting an alignment every two weeks, vote uh, for Joe Brown. I right. Don't know. His uh, his campaign slogan is "I'm going to fix the roads." <laughs> Well, let's talk about maybe uh, for people. You know, we've we've done this exercise before, but again, going back to differences. Let's talk for a minute before I get on that. Let's talk about price, because you know, everybody thinks that the number one issue in the customer's mind is price. Right. You and I know that's not true. It is time. Absolutely, Ray. You're spot on. It's the time it takes to buy a car. I mean, how we know this? Everybody knows this. But some new guys to the business think it's price. Let's talk about price. My old tried and true standby example is, sir, we're a small dealership. We don't have all the overhead that that big dealership downtown has. So, you know, we have to fight for every deal. Trust me, we're going to do everything we can to work out a deal that you feel comfortable with saying yes right now. Right. As a small dealership, yeah. but now you're the big dealership. Now, now I move, I'm a salesman, and I get a better job at the big dealership, right? Sir, we're the big dog in the area, right? right? I mean, we deal with the banks, and believe me, we have a little extra pull than the other dealerships. Right. So, you know, where your payment might be a little higher buying from them, we can get you a lower payment. Plus, we deal on volume. We're not trying to make a killing on every single deal right. we do. We're trying to sell the most vehicles that we can. Right. So you're the small dealership. You've got a unique selling proposition. You're the big dog. You've got a unique selling proposition. Either way, brother. And that's what it's about is for each individual salesperson, each individual general manager, each individual dealer, having a discussion about what sets me apart from the competition. Yeah. And again, it's not what makes me better. It's how am I different and how can that add value to the customers? Right. Uh, mind, yeah, right, yeah. That, so that's, that's, that's where I get that's a little. What we're that's where I get about. a little lost in your. It's not better, right? It it has a value, right? And and value is considered on that you know better scale as a better thing, right? I want the most value I can get. For the price that I'm paying. Touche. Well, it could it, be a little play on words. Right. So if you're providing, hey, here's what makes us different, which is valuable to you. Yeah. Based on our difference. I think, yes, you're hitting on a key point is this difference is valuable to you in this way. Right. Here's why it serves you better to do deal with us because of this uniqueness of us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and find that uniqueness. And instead of... You know, thinking, well, you know, we're smaller. We can't do everything the big guy. No, you're smaller, and that's good for the customer. How? Right. Because every difference has a different value sure. in some way. Right. Whether your cars are all black and everybody else has a good choice of colors, right? It was Henry Ford. Right. So you can have any color you want. As long as it's black. <laughs> right. Well, why was that a value? Because now he didn't have to stock all these different paints. Yeah, he didn't have to set up different lines and change the guns and you know have this extra labor cost. Right. Hell, every car is black. Right. It's it's a great reduction in price. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ray, I, I think we've we hit all the bullet points here of how differences can be valuable to the customer. Yes, but it really goes to it's the responsibility of the seller whether it's the dealership or the individual, 
to determine what are our unique selling propositions. What is unique to this dealership and me that's going to provide that value, right? Not, you know, is my price the lowest in town? It's, do I have things that I can accentuate in promoting a sale that is unique to us and me? Right, and, and we adapt those to the customer's needs and wants and interest, right? Yes. Again, this seems to come up in every single episode lately. It's Dale Carnegie, bro. Speak yeah. in terms of the other person's interest. Well, and I think it goes back to even vehicle presentation, right? It's not just a uh, uh, feature, but it's feature and benefit, right? Here's what makes us unique. It's that same mentality of feature benefit. Here's the feature, but here's how that feature is going to benefit you. Here's the uniqueness of our dealership, and here's how that uniqueness is going to benefit you. Perfectly, perfectly stated. Hey, I have to tell you a story while we're talking about this topic. I had a lady, uh, I don't know, 80 years old, come in and wanted to buy a brand new F-150. Now, her car wasn't fancy. She didn't want a fancy F-150. She just wanted an automatic with some uh, power windows. Okay. So we go out and look at a couple. I've got the standard white work truck, right? We called it. Right. So she's like, yeah, this would be perfect. That's fine. She said, I'll, I'll take it. You know, let's go in and, and write it up. Let's go in and talk numbers. I said, you know what? I can't, I, I'm not going to work a deal with you and talk about numbers. If you haven't even ridden it, you know, the, we've talked about this before. I want you to see how it rides. Yeah. I want you to make sure the seat is comfortable want to make sure you're comfortable with all the controls and right. all of this. So let's just take it down the road. I said, uh, I'll drive if you want me to, but I would prefer that you drive. Yeah. She said, okay, you know, I'll drive it. So we pull out of the dealership. We go about uh, half a mile down the road, and there's a median in the middle. This is a split highway with a median of grass in it, a ditch. Well, she kind of has veered off in that thing about three times. <laughs> In about a half a mile. And I'm getting a little nervous. Well, I said, you know what? Go up here and turn left. Well, she pulls like through a ditch to turn left into this thing. and almost hits like it was a, a shopping center. And she almost hits the sign of the shopping center. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Just pull it over right here. I want to check a couple of things. I want to show you a couple of features. Just pull over here. So we pull over. And, I, and I'm showing, I don't know, I'll pop the hood, I'll show her something, I don't know what it is. I said, do you mind if I drive back? And she goes, well, I only got to drive it like a mile. I don't, you know, maybe I do want to drive it more. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I'd feel better if I drove. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it just dawned on me that our insurance really doesn't cover if you have a wreck. So right. maybe I ought to drive back. Anyway, I... I drove her about another two or three miles, but then I took her back and she ended up buying the truck. <laughs> but let me tell you, man, it was, it was the most harrowing test drive experience of my life. You know, it's not easy being a salesman. Or I, th I think it was out of alignment when we got <laughs> yeah, back. Well, I can't imagine why. <laughs> Darn potholes. So I, I talked to her about a week later and uh, she said she loved the truck. Had a couple of dings and scratches on it. <laughs> we might need an alignment, but but she was in love with it. 
She she sent me uh, her daughter came and bought a vehicle about hey, two weeks later. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was really cool. Right, her daughter needed a vehicle because she wasn't riding with mom. And, and I mean, turns out she had a place out on the lake, like twenty acres. Invited me out. I think I had a couple of cocktails on her back porch <laughs> with view of the sunset. Really, it was a great experience. Smashed up truck in the driveway. <laughs> you know, Ray. The only thing I can think that we didn't bring up under this uh, unique selling proposition is loaner vehicles. You know, I've been at smaller dealerships where they offered loaner vehicles. Right. I've been at smaller, like a Nissan dealership I was at, where they offered rental vehicles and they rented them right out of the dealership. Right. Uh, I know some larger guys can't do that. But hey, we're talking about, again, what offers the customer more value? Right. Sometimes it's it's the perks. It's not necessarily buying the vehicle up front. I had a manager one time, and I wouldn't endorse this, but I had a manager tell a customer, uh, yeah, I can sell you the truck at the same price. And the guy goes, well, actually, they're $500 cheaper if I drive 60 miles and buy it from them. And he goes, well, do you want to drive it 60 miles to get it serviced? Right. And the customer says, well, hell, it's a brand new vehicle. I could get it serviced anywhere. I could get it serviced here. And the manager says, yeah, but do you want me to service the vehicle because I have to? <laughs> or, or do you want me to service the vehicle because you're my loyal customer and you're going to keep coming back and buying more vehicles? And the guy, the guy thinks for a minute and he says, yeah, I guess you make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up buying the vehicle right there that day. Do you now, really want to be a customer that didn't give me your business and now I got to service your vehicle? Or do you want to be in the front of the line where I'm going to take extra special care of you? You know, that's what he was saying, but I can't help but think, you know, as kind of an underlying meaning of, do you want us to accidentally find something? You know, oh, looks like somebody cut your brake line. That'll be an extra thousand. No. Yeah, you do not recommend that. Uh, do Nor not. do I. Yes, obviously, we promote more positive ways of, of accentuating the value for the customer. Absolutely. But, Ray, I have to thank you. I have to thank you for joining me once again for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. That's not true. It is, it is. Yeah, you, you don't have to thank me. I appreciate that you wow. do, even though you don't have to, John. I morally feel an obligation. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that made me feel much better that you're doing it out of some moral obligation. <laughs> oh, because I Rather want than, to. yeah, just choosing to on your own. But uh, okay. I thank you as well. Man, what a what a conundrum you've put me in. I I, I appreciate you being here, and uh, I want to thank those people who are listening. Thank you for listening. Is that are you ready to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> you said your thank yous. You said all right. I'm out. <laughs> Raise out, everybody. Yeah. So it'll be just me I'm for the next not. fifteen <laughs> minutes. No, no, we do appreciate everyone joining, and we hope you'll listen again. Please do.
If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com? No, Ray, it's just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. So just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. You've got it. Great.